All right. So look, uh, it's Halloween. That means it's a spooky time. It's a fun time. And, uh, you know, look, if you talk about horror movies, which I've talked about here in some previous episodes, um, there's plenty to choose from, right? There's all kinds of genres, all kinds of characters and stories and all that. I wanted to take a little bit of a different approach this time. You know, I just recently went on a, a vacation uh, on a cruise, and I don't know, it kind of got me thinking, like, when you're out in the ocean, you're out on the water, you know, it occurs to you, like, just how much ocean there is out there, right? And how much you don't know, like, what's just underneath the surface there. It got me thinking, you know, when, when we returned from this vacation, I said, you know, let me, let me look at this. Let me look at some movies that are about what's underneath the surface, what's out there in the depths, right? And of course, what's the go-to? What's the go-to that is like about that type of uh, environment, but also maybe a little bit horror-ish, right? Shark movies. I said, let me look at what is out there. What have I not seen? You know, what's, what's even good anymore? Because... I think we all know, if you are a fan of films, if you watch any films, you know that really the the high water mark, no pun, is Jaws, right? From 1975. That's the standard for which all other shark, ocean, animals attack thrillers are set against, right? That's what everybody's trying to beat. And yet... Um, I just feel like none of them, none of the ones that I had seen up to that point really came close. You know, I have an interesting memory. I say memory. It's not a memory of Jaws. It's a memory I was told about when Jaws was released. So it was released the year that I was born, right? June 1975. I was born in September. And for me, a very distinct thing that I remember about that film is that my mom told me that she was pregnant with me and watching this film and it totally freaked her out and even kind of uh it it made her anxious about what this would mean like for for you know the baby she was carrying me and if that was something that was like the stress of it the the fear that she had like how would that affect my baby right well, uh, I don't know. Maybe it turns out I just really like that movie. Is that is that the worst thing in the world? Probably not. But, uh, you know, that is a thing that uh, I look back on with some amusement, but also with some fondness, because that is a memory of my mom. And, you know, how that is very important to me these days. So... I said, all right, look, there's a whole lane here of films and stories that throughout the years, people have tried, people have taken stabs at trying to get this formula or trying to make something different even, and has it ever really worked? You know, to me, it's like Jaws is way up there. It's like at the top. You know, if you look at like what comes next, a a fairly distant second. It's probably Jaws 2, 
And mostly because it at least picks up the story of those characters and that setting and what might come next for that. It's not up to the same standard of quality, the filmmaking and so on, but at least uh, I guess it kind of keeps the same momentum going. Once you get into Jaws 3D and Jaws The Revenge, then you can see, yeah, the wheels came off, right? You know, you can see at that point, then it just turned into schlock, right? It was just B-movie, low-grade, subpar filmmaking. So if you say Jaws is at the top, a distant second is Jaws 2, what's after that? I mean, maybe The Shallows? And only because it's still a shark terrorizing someone, but the person is stationary, right? It's Blake Lively. She's stuck on a rock, not far from shore, but far enough that there's a shark between her and the shore. And it's just a matter of how long can she withstand this shark kind of terrorizing her? And would she be able to make it to land and survive and all that? All right. It's kind of an interesting twist on the whole premise. After that, maybe Deep Blue Sea, which I think plays on some things that we saw in Jaws and even Jaws 3D with the bullshit amusement park storyline and whatever, as ridiculous as that is. Deep Blue Sea, I feel like it at least tried to borrow some ideas from there, but then of course it took it to a different level. And one of the most shocking and memorable death scenes was Samuel L. Jackson that you just don't see coming. After that, personally, I kind of like open water. You know, I feel like it takes the the whole idea of the vastness of the ocean and not knowing really what's right below you. And also the sense of isolation uh, that, that you can have by just being out in, literally in the middle of nowhere. And not only are you in the middle of nowhere, but every moment is about survival. We're not meant to be in the water like that. So you're always on edge, or at least for me. So open water is kind of interesting. And I put it in that really kind of further down second tier. And then after that, I mean, it's like there's everything else. And that's a distant, distant third tier. Now, what I'm getting to is, I finally came around to see the Meg, Meg to the Trench, and a newer film, The Black Demon. And I got to tell you, these films are not great. And there's some elements of the Meg that honestly, I think it kind of borrows from Deep Blue Sea. And so the Meg to then borrow off of Deep Blue Sea, which kind of borrowed from Jaws, the, the Jaws franchise at least. Uh, I mean, we're kind of getting a copy of a copy of a copy, you know? And as much as I like Jason Statham as a, as a presence, right? As a, as a force on film. I don't necessarily think he's the strongest actor, but I think he certainly has, he can hold the camera. He can kind of bring you into a moment 
and he's certainly got the physicality, right? He can do the action, he can do stunts. And so to see him kind of take on this shark movie role, all right, I'm down. Let's see what's up. But watching the Meg, it's so clear, like, this is not a film that I feel like was made for, well, it was not made for sophisticated audiences, first of all. But also, I feel like it wasn't even maybe made for an English-speaking audience. And I don't mean that as any kind of slam on anything. I just say that it plays in such a universal kind of visual and cinematic language that there's no nuance. There's no, you know, other than, was it Rain Wilson is in that? And he's got a few, like, quips and and one-liners in there that I think are an attempt to put some humor into it and put some uh, snark to everything. But for the most part, it is just kind of a guy just trying to kill a shark. And the Meg 2, I mean, it's kind of the same thing, but even worse because it's not killing the shark in the water. It's killing like other weird animals and creatures like down below this what deeper level of the ocean, like below the ocean floor or, you know, the whole science of it is just all over the place. It's just wonky as hell. And I mean, really there's, there's no real science in these films. It it just kind of goes into fantasy at some point. These films are actually kind of doing a disservice to this whole thing because I think the, the thrill of this shark movie genre is that we all already know that man versus a beast or man versus a a killer animal, whether it's a shark or a bear or a tiger, you know, it, it's already damn near impossible to win, right? Anything that's more than man versus another man, it's most likely not going to end up well. So, there's already a tension. There's already danger. There's a tangible thing that you can't, it's a, it's a primal thing. Like, you know, I mean, shit, you could get attacked by a giant dog, like just somebody's pet and get killed, much less a 20 foot shark. What are your chances? Okay. So we really have to suspend a lot of disbelief just to get to that. But then you want to throw in all these other things and these creatures and these uh, submarines that almost look like spaceships. And it just kind of takes us into a whole different place that I'm like, I don't even care because it feels like none of this is real anymore. And so I think these films have kind of gone so far in that direction that it's more of just a, a, an amusement ride. There, there's no real sense of danger to it. it. It's not scary. It's not thrilling. It's not, it's not entertaining. And yet somehow I, they made a second one. So there must've been some reason, some sort of success that it was measured against that warranted, all right, we need another movie like this. I don't know. So not great movies overall. And I said, all right, well, look, let me, I heard of this other movie, the black demon seems like a very different kind of story and 
it's got a little bit of a different setting and an environment, and it's set in uh, or like an oil rig off the coast of Mexico, if I remember right. Now, I was just in Mexico. I was just on a cruise there. So, you know, coming off of that and having a good time, having a great experience there, getting to see sights and see the people there, this film... I mean, man, I can't tell you how discouraging and really kind of fucking insulting this film is. Because, like, not only is it not made so well, and the story of it is just all over the place, it kind of doesn't even make sense. But just look, on the, in the first 20 or 30 minutes, the depiction, the portrayal of the Mexican people in this in this setting, in the, in the story, as either poor or low class or dangerous, threatening. I I just feel like it's so uh, it's disappointing because I feel like there's plenty of nuance you could build in there. And you don't got to hit me over the head with, oh, here's a guy who looks a little sketchy, but then you throw on this really ominous music, and now he's a real threat. He's someone you got to be careful around, you got to watch out for. When in reality, that character, probably as written, could just as easily be someone who's concerned about his community or someone who's maybe wary of foreigners or people who are there to uh, either manipulate or exploit their land or their people or their culture, right? Those are all legitimate things. And yet this film and these filmmakers really kind of take the easy way out, the lazy way out, really, and make instant bad guys or instant good guys. And you're never really clear why, well, like why it has to be so extreme. I mean, hell, even the main character here, played by Josh Lucas, who I do like watching in some of the films I've seen him in, here, I mean, he's so far over the top. Everybody in this film, even the, the child actors, the, the his family, his wife and two kids, it just feels very like TV movie-ish. And it's so heavy-handed so ham-fisted. It's just, it's just horrible. And it's not to say that there's even a bad idea at the core. I mean, there is a, a nugget of an interesting idea there, but it's like, all right, well, there's this oil rig, there's a leak, there's oil in the water everywhere, and it's contaminating things. And you could say, well, Maybe that's affecting the wildlife, including sharks. And now you got this big giant mutant shark somehow. But now we lay on top of that. Oh, this giant shark also has some sort of psychic abilities. Or it's linked to some sort of demonic force. And it's affecting the people where they're seeing things. They're having visions based on this shark. And then, look, I'm just going to tell you the twist of this movie because I, I feel like you don't want to waste your time watching it. But the whole thing, the oil rig, the leak, 
the people that have died, the the wildlife, the sharks, the whatever, the demons, the visions, all that stuff is caused by the main character and his own negligence in the past. Oh, okay. All your bad decisions, all your um, your compromises of your um, you know your ethics, right? Oh, they all came back to haunt you, and now they killed people, and now they're potentially going to kill you and your family and destroy this part of the world in this ocean or whatever. I, you know, I don't know. It's so, it's so not what I expected it to be, but it's also just so disappointing. And I feel like there's room in there. There was probably a version of this film that would have been actually pretty interesting to watch and maybe even pretty thrilling and entertaining. But this is such a, a, I don't know. It's a problem. So, you know, I I looked at some other films, um, 47 Meters Down. I wanted to watch that. I didn't, I didn't get time to watch it yet. But that, uh, I did see there were some Deep Blue Sea sequels, which I'm going to just assume not even as good as the original. But uh, I'm, I'm sure there are some films I'm not, I, I just can't think of right now that involve sharks or sea creatures or whatever. Uh, that are, you know, man versus creature, that kind of thing, man versus the elements even. These are the ones that I took a look at because they're pretty recent and maybe they have some new takes on what this kind of story is. Uh, Turns out, not really. And even if they did try some new things, they didn't really succeed. So, you know, I wish they would have been a little better. I wish maybe refined a little more and not kind of cater to lowest common denominator, you know, the broadest possible audience. Because look, here's what I think is is a lot of these films, they, they prey on some of our just kind of primal, either, either fears or concerns about the ocean, right. Or just wildlife, because these are all things we can't control. And we really, it's not part of our daily life. It's not part of our world for most of us, right? Most of us don't live by an ocean or a large body of water. Most of us don't even deal with wild animals, much less killer wild animals. And most of us don't really have to worry about survival every moment of the day. The fact that this film, all of these films, really, they try to pull on those strings and manipulate that within you. It's not easy to do, but it can be done. And yet I feel like trying to root it in some sort of science fiction or some sort of fantasy. Uh, I, I, I think that's, that doesn't work for this kind of genre it really has to be rooted in reality because the reality is scary enough. That's all you really need. You don't need magic. You don't need spirits. You don't need mutant uh, genetic uh, experiments or, or whatever, right? Just the regular shark is scary enough on its own. I promise you. So all these films are just going to have to take an L. And, you know, the, the thing that, is maybe more disappointing is that 
you can tell there's some craft here. You can tell there's some real work that's going into these films, the filmmaking, the visual effects. I don't know necessarily about the acting or the writing, but you can tell there's work. It shows on screen. I just wish those things that it was lacking in were stronger. If you would have had a a more uh, refined story, maybe some more interesting characters, or at least characters that kind of adhered to a certain level of reality, then let the shark be the monster hiding in the closet. That's where, you know, famously, of course, the original Jaws, it, the magic trick there was that you didn't see the shark for most of the movie. And of course, it was totally by accident because the damn thing didn't work when they were trying to make the film. So they had to shoot around it and kind of hide it and disguise it and talk about it more than show it. But it also, because we all kind of understand what sharks are to begin with, it let our imaginations run with the idea of a killer shark that was hunting people, not just a shark, a shark that was going to come after you. And so that's where I think the success of that film really ties to the way it was made. Now it was kind of a happy accident, but that's the way it worked out. And here the idea, like all these films, they just go right at here. Here's the big ass shark. Be afraid. It doesn't work like that. And we should know that. And I don't mean we as an audience, but as people who are familiar with stories, people who are telling these stories, the filmmakers, they should know that. You know, because look, here's the other thing. Steven Spielberg did Jaws 1975, right? Kind of pulled that off, really set himself up for a just a magnificent career as a filmmaker. Okay. The whole thing of how do you tell the story about the shark, make it interesting, make it scary, make it even funny in some ways. You would think, well, that was such a like a landmark. You can't really duplicate it. You don't want to repeat that. Right? And yet, if you really break down how he approached Jurassic Park, like almost 20 years later, was that like 92, 93? He kind of does the same thing, right? We set up like the characters, we set up this location, the idea of this park with these dinosaurs, right? Even more threatening than sharks. But of course, they don't actually exist, right? So there's a big hurdle there of like, how do we make this real, but also still scary in a way that people can understand? What does he do? He does kind of the same thing talks about the T-Rex, talks about dinosaurs are dangerous, they're deadly, they're animals that don't understand the world today, they're right, they're from a different time. Well, we don't see that T-Rex the first time that they pull up to the paddock, right? It's just not there. We don't see any of the dinosaurs when they first go up. When they're in the little the little jeeps or the explorers or whatever they are riding around, they're like, "Well, where are all the dinosaurs?" You know, we see the big, uh, what's it, brontosaurus, brachiosaurus, whatever. And we see the one triceratops, right? But they're like docile. They're just like big cows in a way. The threatening one 
it's held off for as long as possible. I mean, even to the moment when we get to that scene, right, where the T-Rex shows itself, what's the first thing we see? Oh, we see the little cup on the dashboard, and we see the water vibrating, right? That's how you introduce this monster dinosaur, this beast from 60 million years ago that kills everything in its path. You introduce it with a little cup of water. That's the magic. Because you instantly know, oh, shit, it's about to go down. And even as that film plays out, I mean, it it does a similar thing where it lets you fill in some of the blanks of what is chasing you. And these films, I just feel like they, they don't really learn from that lesson. And it's not that you have to duplicate or copy what somebody else has done, but yeah, you got to find a new way to do it. And maybe just showing the creature outright at the beginning and making it real clear, like it's just a big CG shark. And maybe that's not the way to go. I think we've taken enough bites of that apple. Let's try something else. Matter of fact, you know, maybe just don't make any movies about sharks anymore. You know, let's move on to something else. So that's what I've seen recently. Um, I wish I had some better things to say about these films. I feel like there are some interesting ideas in a couple of them, but overall, not that impressed. So look, that's, that's it for now. I'll, uh, I'll see you on the other side of Halloween. Stay safe out there. Have some good times, have some tricks, have some treats, I guess. Uh, I don't know. Take care of yourself. Have fun. And you know, of course, as always go watch something new. Thank you.